Should you do a parasite cleanse? Is bed rotting a good way to decompress? Can berberine support weight loss? All that and more on this episode of The Healthiest You. From drinks to cleanses, coffee enemas to eating sea moss, there's some crazy stuff and some crazy ideas out there on TikTok. Today, we're unpacking the top health trends from this year, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're focusing on women's health and wellness on The Healthiest You podcast. Now, whether you're on your way to work or you're enjoying a cup of coffee, take this time to focus on your health. TikTok health trends. We're going to talk about them with Elena Brinker. Elena is an internal medicine nurse practitioner with Lehigh Valley Health Network. Elena, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's so wonderful to have you here today. We're going to cover a lot of very interesting trends today, some to try and most to avoid. Elena, have you ever tried anything you've ever seen on TikTok? No, I haven't. You haven't? And I would encourage everybody to question the science behind uh, the health advice they hear on the internet, TikTok included. And I don't think that a TikTok advice should ever replace professional medical or nutritional advice. I tend to agree with you on that one, but we're going to get into some of these things. Right now, uh, parasites are a very popular topic. Uh, How do people get them? And what is a sign that you might actually have them? Um, Parasitic infections can spread through dirty hands, uh, drinking contaminated water, or swimming in contaminated water. One might know they have a parasite uh, if they have abdominal pain, diarrhea, nausea, weight loss, fatigue, some other unexplained symptoms. However, I wouldn't want anybody to self-diagnose a parasite. They need to talk to their medical health professional. And um, they will run certain tests to determine if if they have a parasite and what kind of parasite they have, because the treatment will depend on the type of parasite they have. So what is a parasite cleansing or or a deworming? That sounds like something we should be doing to dogs. <laughs> now, how would you do that? I've seen people claiming that they feel energized and they're getting rid of these, quote, creepy crawlies. How is this, how are they doing that? Right. So first of all, not everybody needs uh, any kind of cleanse for parasites because first we need to establish that a person does have a parasite truly. Uh, the symptoms might be uh, abdominal pain, diarrhea, nausea, um, fatigue, weight loss unexplained, and there could be other multiple symptoms as well. So I wouldn't want anybody to self-diagnose themselves with a parasite because those symptoms can also be symptoms of something else. Of the flu. Yeah. You were describing (laughs) some things that could just be the flu. And so don't jump to parasite cleansing. So first of all, I would encourage everybody to seek medical advice if they suspect they might have a parasite. Um, and not specifically follow the deworming procedures on TikTok. Um, Also, what is deworming itself? Um, People who advocate for the parasite cleanses online, they um, say that a lot of um, people have parasites and we need the cleanse for that, which is not the case. Um, A lot of times our body, as long as it's healthy immune system, we can uh, get rid of parasites ourselves Sometimes oh. if you need a medication for that as well, uh, then that's when you need to see the doctor and they will prescribe you medication based on the type of parasite you have. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of those cleanses, like Paragard cleanse, uh, they have proprietary blends. We don't even know what it is. FDA does not control uh, the over-the-counter supplements. So we don't even know what the proprietary blend is, what the effect on the body it has. And one of the major side effects of the parasite cleanse like that could be um, getting rid of the good bacteria in the gut. 
right. which can create uh, a whole other list of problems for the person. Right. And especially if you're going to drink something that you don't necessarily know what's in it right. and you don't even know if you have a parasite. Right. So Seek medical attention if you think you have. Absolutely. This could be really bad. Okay. Well, moving forward, uh, you just mentioned some of the risks of destroying the good bacteria in your gut. How can we boost good bacteria in our guts? Well, first and foremost, I would recommend increasing uh, fiber in the diet because fiber, um, like fruits and vegetables, um, whole grains, um, they promote uh, the nutrition. They they provide nutrition to our good gut bacteria. Also taking probiotics like yogurt, um, fermented uh, cabbage, like sauerkraut. Like in kimchi? kimchi. Okay. Yes. All right. Those are all the good sources of uh, probiotics as well. Oh, that's and wonderful. And on, eating on top a lot of fiber um, will also promote good gut health. Okay, mm -hmm. that's wonderful. And and if you think you have a parasite, again, see seek medical help. Absolutely, before always you ask medical advice before following a trend on TikTok. Another trend is a detox, and I've heard many different words when it comes to detox, but a detox coffee enema. Between you and me, Elena, the really the only place I want coffee is is in my mug. So. Can you explain how this coffee enema would work and why people would be doing this? Well, first of all, uh, most people don't need enemas, especially self-administered. Uh, the only reason to have an enema would be severe constipation. Otherwise, enemas will not provide any significant benefit and can potentially can actually be very dangerous to one's health. Um, some cases of uh, a coffee enema were reported to end in death. A couple of cases were reported in literature. Yes, uh, they can also be linked to colitis, which means inflammation, infection in the colon. Um, and again, if coffee is too hot, uh, when, oh, when it's <laughs> applied sorry, to the that rectum, just, that just, then it can just cause burns. Ow. It's a very dangerous trend. Absolutely. Don't do this. Don't do this. It, because if your arm is broken, you put it in a sling. But if that becomes injured and broken, you still have to use it. Right. And absolutely, right. there is no proven benefit to coffee enema and there is only risks associated with it. So okay. that's a trend I would not recommend following. I, I'm just under, I'm trying to understand why it would even be a trend. What are, what are some of the influencers saying that a coffee enema would do? I believe they claim that it can promote detox of okay. the gut and the liver. And it's not the case at all. Coffee is a great drink. It provides a lot of benefits. Absolutely. But not rectally. Oh, I, <laughs> it should I, be in your coffee mug instead. That should definitely be on a t-shirt, I think, somewhere. So uh, an enema to help relieve constipation. And uh, would you necessarily need a, an enema to, to detox your liver? Would that be something that you would consider doing? Uh, liver actually is a great human organ that does not need any help with detoxing. It is able to detox itself. It, it is able to regenerate itself. However, um, some uh, herbal supplements like milk thistle have been proven to help with decreasing liver uh, inflammation okay. and stuff like that. But um, we don't. All we need to do for our liver is to just eat a healthy diet, avoid alcohol in excess. And liver will regenerate itself. It does not need any specific detox Elena, diet or procedures. What you're saying is that we don't necessarily need to do those detoxes and those cleanses. Absolutely not. Okay. I would just recommend a healthy diet, lots of vegetables, fruits, healthy grains, and that will do the trick for the gut bacteria, for detox, Okay, and drink a lot of water. Then that I have actually read on the internet. And that I think is, you just proved it. It's true. You don't necessarily need a detox and a cleanse. So again, 
Coffee enemas, not the answer. If you have constipation, you probably want to seek out medical help or look at something other than a, a coffee enema. We've also learned that the liver will do all the detoxing that you need. Yet another myth, a magic pill for weight loss. I've seen lots of articles about this, the berberin trend and how it's now being called nature's ozempic. What are your thoughts? And do you think that there's benefits to taking berberin? Uh, what have you found and what have you learned? Well, berberin and ozempic are two very different things. Ozempic is not uh, is a, is not a natural substance. It's a medication that is controlled by FDA. It's approved by FDA. It has gone through multiple clinical trials and has shown benefit in controlling blood sugars and diabetes. What that does is um, it makes the, the person full after they um, eat. Uh, it makes the body produce more insulin by stimulating the GLP-1 um, enzyme. Um, so that definitely has effect on That's, losing weight and diabetes. It's a proven medication. It's a proven medication. Versus yes. berberin. Berberin is a natural substance that, that is found in a lot of plants, like for example, barberry plant, golden seal, uh, and many others. Berberin has been used for quite some time, since ancient times, for different purposes. Uh, antimicrobial purposes, controlling... Um, cholesterol levels, decreasing blood sugars. It does uh, help with decreasing blood sugar a little bit by uh, stimulating AMPK enzyme, okay. which helps make the body more sensitive to insulin. So it helps with insulin sensitivity. Uh, it, it does promote a slight weight loss, but it's very, very uh, slight, insignificant, very slight. And okay. definitely not as much as ozempic. And there are really no good clinical trials pr proving the significant benefit of berberin. Oh, are there any risks? Absolutely. Like with any natural substance, I would certainly encourage people to talk to their medical professional first because berberine uh, can affect um, other medications absorption. It can cause uh, side effects uh, if taken with other medications. It's not a, a benign herb that you can just take regardless. But TikTok said it was, Elena. No, it's not the case. For berberine, right. for whatever reason, then you cannot take it for more than six months. Okay. So it's definitely something to discuss with your doctor before. Don't just see it, an influencer. Don't right. just see an influencer taking and, it. And also I would like to warn pregnant people because berberin taken during pregnancy can cause um, damage to the fetus. It can cause brain damage. Oh my goodness. And if somebody's breastfeeding, it can cause liver damage and brain damage in the baby as well. So please consult the doctor before starting any supplements. I feel like that's the disclaimer we need to say about all of these trends is please consult your doctor before you try or do any of these things. Right. It's not that benign. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, some, uh, some other trends that we've noticed, the blackout rage gallon. Uh, it sounds dangerous. What is it? And why are people trying it? It looks like it's a, one of those newer terms. It's popular among college oh, students. College kids. Okay. <laughs> college kids, college students. Okay. Um, what they do is they try to avoid their drinks being spiked, first of all. So they prefer their personalized containers. They would take a big jog, like a gallon container. They would put, um, they would fill it halfway with water right. and add about a fifth of alcohol, like vodka or any other strong um, alcohol in it. Then they add electrolytes there with some flavorings to the water. And this way they feel protected that they can drink all night and nothing will happen to them because it's a drink that they uh, drink They made themselves, the night, right. right? They made it themselves. Nobody spiked it. However, there are significant dangers with that type of drinking that they might not realize. If they put um, 
a fifth of alcohol in a gallon jug, well, that equates to about 17 drinks a night. As soon as you said fifth, I was imagining taking my bottle of vodka and pouring it into a a, a, a jug. Right, and who and, measures and it? And drinking that all night. <sighs> okay. Right, so there's a, there's a risk of binge drinking with that because um, binge drinking is defined as more than five drinks, four or five drinks a night. And if somebody drinks 17 drinks a night, even if you are staying uh, hydrated with water, it's still a lot. It could equal alcohol poisoning. Absolutely. And actually, there were cases reported in college students. Uh, I believe it was the University of Massachusetts where 46 college students were hospitalized when they were participating in the drinking challenge with Borgs. They call them Borgs. like uh, Oh, the, the blackout, blackout rage thing. Yeah, gallon, okay. Yes. So they were hospitalized with alcohol poisoning. And no wonder because uh, it's a lot of alcohol in a big jug. Just because you're watering it down doesn't mean that it's not going to do Absolutely. damage. Absolutely. The liver wow. cannot process more than one ounce of alcohol an hour, and they're drinking how many drinks oh, per night? That just makes my stomach upset thinking about this. And it also makes me worried about my teenager ever going off to college. Okay. Alternative ways to drinking responsibly in, in that type of setting, because I understand the the reasoning behind it, wanting to keep your drink safe and knowing that it's not being spiked, what would you suggest as an alternative? Yes. So if somebody wants to be safe, if they're not sure who made the drink and it's not safe maybe to drink in the surroundings in the, at the party, then of course it's safer to have your own personalized container, but not a gallon size container, of course. Um, and try to count the number of drinks you're having per night. It's not recommended to, dr to have more than three drinks at one, one occasion for males and more than two drinks for women. And actually standard drink is considered one glass of wine uh, or one beer can. Okay. Or 1.5 ounces of strong spirits. Another drink concoction that people are raving about lately is fire cider. The ingredients are apple cider vinegar, garlic, ginger, onions, hot peppers, horseradish, and honey. It supposedly boosts your immune system and it helps with digestion. Is this true, Elena? Uh, that's an excellent question. Um, apple cider has been used for many decades. Uh, it's supposed to promote uh, blood sugar control. It has some antimicrobial qualities. Um, it can worsen acid reflux. So for people with acid reflux, I would recommend using with caution. Okay. Other ingredients can also be very beneficial by themselves. For example, garlic has a lot of antimicrobial properties, uh, but not so much a proven benefit to use for treating cold symptoms. Um, but it's a great uh, produce you can add to your diet. That's actually very beneficial for the gut bacteria. It's just a good vegetable. Um, then onions are another uh, good source of good fiber. They have some pro nutritional properties that are good for you as well. Horseradish um, does not really have any proven benefits, but it's another uh, food item you can certainly consider. Um, honey can have some antimicrobial properties as well. Hot peppers have some vitamin C. Uh, they have some ingredients called capsaicin, which can help, again, with antimicrobial properties. However, there is no proven benefit in the literature from apple cider. So if somebody wants to go ahead and give it a try, that might not be uh, completely a no-no to do. They can certainly try that. But again, people with uh, acid... Acid reflux. Acid reflux, Sometimes yes, they drink, should use it with Drinking caution. that much apple cider vinegar would probably uh, irritate your acid reflux. And of course, always talk with a doctor or a medical professional before you put this kind of thing into your body. 
uh, while we're continuing to talk about things that we're drinking. Alkaline water. Should I drink alkaline water or should we just stick to plain, plain water? Is there a difference? Absolutely. Uh, so plain water has a normal pH around 7. And um, alkaline water has a higher pH, usually between 8 and 10. Um, and as far as what's best to drink, plain water is always best. It will hydrate you. Um, there are no, no known benefits to drinking alkaline water. Unless you have acid reflux, it might be helpful in that situation. Oh, well, that's good. Otherwise, uh, your body will neutralize the acid before it even goes anywhere else. Unless you have kidney problems, lung problems, so that for most of us, there is no additional benefit to drinking alkaline water versus regular water. It's better, I guess, than nothing. You can drink it if you want. If you want but, to, but maybe <laughs> but plain water is best. So you don't really need to. And if and if you really feel that the health benefits, maybe again seek medical profession. Absolutely. Right. Because some people should not be drinking alkaline water if you have problems with the kidneys. Uh, otherwise, kidneys may not process that alkaline content and that can create problems. Thank you so much. Again, just because it's on the internet doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Uh, what about chlorophyll water? I, think I remember learning about chlorophyll in biology. There's a thing called chlorophyll water and it's promising fresher breath and that way you don't have to eat as many vegetables. Well, chlorophyll water is actually, I think, one of the newer trends as well. Okay. And I would say it's pretty harmless. It's actually, um, it could provide some benefit to people who are not eating enough vegetables and fruits. Uh, it can provide some vitamins uh, for us. Uh, liquid form of chlorophyll is easily absorbed. Um, so if somebody wants to give it a try, sure, why not? However, just again, uh, talk to your fam uh, family doctor or medical provider uh, because it might, uh, again, affect the medications that you're taking. Okay. What are some of the side effects or benefits oh. of it? And, and, I, and I'm super curious about what it looks like. Is it like drinking algae? Yes, that's exactly what is it, it is. Okay, it's all right. Green. Okay, it's green. And the benefits, actually, some proven benefits were mostly affecting the skin. Oh. The skin can be more radiant, um, so why not give it a try then? Right. It can help heal wounds faster. So there are some quite uh, quite a few benefits to chlorophyll. But remember that you can also get chlorophyll from green leafy vegetables like spinach. So eating a salad could do the same thing. Absolutely. It's actually going to be better because it will provide you with the fiber your body needs, other vitamins vitamins and minerals, and the same benefit as chlorophyll water. Okay. Elena, there seems to be a powder for everything these days, and I see the aesthetic morning routine videos where influencers must start their days with a greens drink that is mixed together in a very cute little glass cup. What is the scoop on these green powders? Get what I did there, a scoop of the green powders? Yeah. What, what, what's going on with the green powders? Well, I think the idea behind the greens powder is to get a lot of nutrients in a nice and easy way. You put it in your container, like a smoothie container, and you drink it. So you get already a lot of nutrients in you without really eating a lot, consuming a lot of calories. However, a lot of those brands that sell green powders, they have proprietary blends. Oh, like Which you mentioned means, before, we don't know right, what's in it. We don't know what's in it. So they do have some benefit, benefits because if it's green extract from green leafy vegetables or herbs, it might be beneficial. It may, may provide some uh, nutrients uh, that will be beneficial for those who cannot eat vegetables for whatever reason. They might not uh, digest vegetables right. So for somebody, it might have a benefit, mm -hmm. but also understand the risk because what, what is in the proprietary blend? Why? 
not just talk to your general practitioner. Always the way to go that before starting taking anything. And any supplements should not replace a balanced diet. Eating vegetables, uh, fruits, vegetables, fiber is always the best for your body. Better than any supplement. Supplements should never replace the diet. Good to know, Elena. Thank you so much. Now, when it is uh, time for me to get the greens, uh, what are the best ways that my nutrition can be bolstered in addition to eating my greens? Is there, you know, anything else I could add to my diet? Uh, you can certainly add healthy fats like olive oil that will help some essential vitamins like vitamin K, um, vitamin D to get absorbed in your body better. Uh, otherwise, they're not, uh, they might not be water soluble, they're fat soluble. So okay. adding healthy uh, oils, fats to your diet will also help. Elena, you have been giving us so many great answers. And of course, I have to talk about the the scooping, the dry scooping your workout, your pre-workout powder. It apparently makes you work faster and you can power through. But I've also heard that it's a choking hazard and has even landed some people in the emergency room. Should we really be avoiding this? We should, what should we be paying attention to it? What are your thoughts on this trend? Well, I think there is a reason why there are instructions to dilute the drink in a certain amount of water. To before consuming it. Um, I think uh, following the trend, uh, people might think that just by taking all, the scoop all at once, they will get more benefits faster. However, they need to realize that uh, some ingredients or some uh, powders contain caffeine. And if they chug it down really fast, then they can develop uh, palpitations, uh, issues with the heart, um, anxiety, shakiness, other unpleasant symptoms. It can be dangerous also to even take any kind of powder so fast because you can choke on it. It can cause asthma flares. So it's certainly not the trend to follow. It's a very dangerous trend. I love how you said there's a reason the directions say to, to dilute this into water. That, again, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, why are people eating sea moss? I, some of these things, I can't, I can't believe that we're saying these things out loud. Uh, Kim Kardashian has even added it to her smoothies. Why would we be eating sea moss and adding it to smoothies? Well, sea moss is actually full of nutrients. Oh, that's good. Yes. Uh, it has vitamins, minerals. Uh, it can promote, again, uh, skin health. So the skin can be more glowy, more healthy looking. Um, it can promote the good fiber for the gut, mm. for the good bacteria. And again, vitamins, minerals. It's actually a good nutritious product to have. Um, people actually have been eating sea moss for centuries. I didn't know And that. I think it's just getting uh, in a health trend right now because of Kim Kardashian, maybe, or somebody else. <laughs> but it's actually a pretty good uh, way to get nutrition in. Uh, however, if you want to be healthy and sea moss is quite expensive and you can't afford it, that's absolutely fine because you don't need sea moss to be healthy. Again, you can eat vegetables and fruits and sea moss can be just like an extra... Yeah. Like a bonus. Like a bonus to provide you with more vitamins and minerals, but you don't need to have it. Don't need to and, have And of course, like with anything, you need to talk to your doctor because again, there might be interactions with medications and some other side effects related to it as well. Okay. So food and drinks, we've kind of covered some of those. Uh, other trends for hygiene and for beauty. TikTok says that you can use hydrogen peroxide to remove your earwax. How would that work? Well, actually, hydrogen peroxide has been used for cleaning ears. Oh, that's great. Uh, yes. The only thing is how you do it. Uh, people on TikTok sometimes do it just undiluted. They pour it in the ear and they feel the bubbling sensation and they think that that's the way to go. But it's not because it can cause burns. 
It has to be diluted 50% water, 50% hydrogen peroxide. Right. In that case, it'll be safe. Uh, we, uh, but it's always better, again, to talk to your healthcare professional, especially if you're getting a lot of earwax. It could be a condition that would need to be addressed. And they can also provide you with prescription um, eardrops. All right. So don't just don't clean. just pour the hydrogen peroxide. Don't just down pour your peroxide without diluting it. <laughs> so we're not recommending that one to anyone. I would not. No. no. A lot of the things that we've been discussing have a lot to do with cold and flu season. So that leads me to talk about nasal sprays and nasal irrigation to help get rid of a stuffy nose. But what about the trend of putting garlic up your nose? To relieve nasal congestion. Oh my goodness. I can't believe that some people would do that, but unfortunately some do. They follow that health advice. Um, there are some videos out there of people putting garlic up their nose and when they take it out, there is a long streak of snot coming out. Um, however, this is not due to garlic relieving any congestion at all. Uh, garlic has antimicrobial qualities and they have been proven, but not stuck up the nose because it can cause a lot of irritation. And what normally happens in those videos is when the garlic blocks uh, the drainage coming out of the nose, uh, then of course, after a few minutes uh, sitting there, when the garlic comes out, it just starts running down the nose and out. <laughs> so it's really just blocking it. And then when you take the garlic right. out, it just... What? It's just like a physical obstruction just, okay. in the video. Uh, and of course, irritation, the risk of irritation to the nose is more is pretty dangerous. I would not advise to anyone to do anything like that. Plus, there is always a risk of the garlic to be dislodged in the nose. Uh, and getting stuck in your nose. Yeah, getting <gasps> stuck in the nose. And then people would need to go to seek medical help to have it removed. So it's a very dangerous trend. I do not recommend it. There are other ways that can help with uh, decongesting. And as with all of these trends, speak with your healthcare professional before you even attempt to do something like this. That would be my advice. I like that advice. That's good stuff. I'm sure you would probably advise too that maybe we escape to somewhere warm to get rid of the winter blues. And I really wish I was at the beach, but I can daydream. I can daydream about the warmth and looking forward to that summer glow. Sunscreen contouring. I've never heard of it. So obviously, Elena, I'm going to ask you, what is sunscreen contouring? Well, it's another very dangerous trend on TikTok. Oh. Um, the idea behind uh, the contouring with sunscreen is to strategically apply sunscreen in certain locations on the face or abs uh, to get different uh, level of tan, uh, like tan lines. And uh, this way, uh, I believe people think that they will they can avoid makeup because they'll be already contoured for the day without wearing any makeup or abs will uh, magically show up on their abdomen by again applying certain uh, different tones of tan. However, they need to realize that it's very very dangerous because if uh, they avoid uh, putting sunscreen in certain areas they can get uh, sunburns which uh, can potentially also lead to skin cancers which could be very dangerous. And even if um, lower level of sunscreen applied at certain areas and then higher level to the other areas, then they need to realize that, first of all, the 10 um, areas covered with a higher SPF, uh, they will be uh, better protected, so they'll stay younger for longer. And the, the and parts that are 
used a, a lower SPF are going to age quicker. Right, absolutely. Plus, we can't control how the sun will, fit our fa- uh, will hit our face and what's going to happen. Because, and then you might end up with like very patchy face anyway. So what was even the point of doing it? And it's very dangerous, again, because you're exposing your skin to the sun, potentially causing skin cancer. That is one of the biggest uh, things that I try to tell any younger woman that I tend to meet is SPF, 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 please protect your skin. And coming from a generation where we spent way too much time out in the sun unprotected, I thoroughly am embracing it now as we get older. So that would not be a trend that you would recommend. Absolutely not. All right. So now we move on to the word bed rotting. To me, bed rotting just means I'm going to waste the day away in bed and not do anything. But apparently this is a new wave of self-care. What is bed rotting and how would it impact your self-care, your mental health or your sleep pattern for that matter? I think it's one of the of the newer trends out there. It's very popular amongst the young people, Generation Z, uh, that think it's a, a bed rotting is a way to take care of themselves, self-care. If they're stressed at work, there's a lot going on, they need to take time for themselves and spend time in bed doing nothing. And occasionally it, it can really provide self-care because we need to disconnect from the world, take time for ourselves, do something that w- will let our bodies rest, you know, regroup and this feel, is a feel good, better. Right. This is a good thing. I've been doing this and I didn't even know it was called bed rotting. But you need to re- remember that there are a few nuances with that. Because if it's something that happens on a routine basis for too long, more, more than one day at a time, then we need to question if there is something else going on. Right. Is it a way to avoid reality? Uh, is it a sign of some kind of mental illness like depression or anxiety? Uh, and also, no, I would never recommend anybody to spend the whole day in bed without getting up again, preventing blood clots. You need to get moving to get the blood going. Um, also, you, you can't eat in bed. Bed should be only Says something. you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have interrupted you like that. Um, bed, no, the bed should just be for sleeping. Bed should only be for sleeping. Otherwise, when it's time for you to go to bed and fall asleep, the body will be confused and not know if you wanted to, you know, watch a movie or fall asleep. Then it could create problems with the sleep as well. Oh, that's I, that's an, a, a perspective that I didn't even think about. Elena, we have covered a lot today. And I feel that we've only scratched the surface of some of the trends that are going around on TikTok and all the other social media sites. But I really do appreciate you giving us insight into some of these and pretty much telling us that just because it's on TikTok and on the internet does not mean that we should be doing this. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. To learn more health tips, visit lvhn.org slash healthy dash you. Remember to subscribe and follow The Healthiest You wherever you get your podcasts. So that way you never miss an episode. Remember, be safe, be smart, and be the healthiest you.